Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Like they're fucking us. <laughs> Everywhere we go. Who's even fucking us? Everybody. Everybody's fucking us. Oh, I've been recording for a minute. Oh, good. <laughs> good. All right, here we go. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue. A wise man once tried to sell me on the fact that Cleveland rocks. That man was wrong. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Ross Family Matters podcast on the road. Cleveland edition. That's right. Lost in Cleveland. Well, I lost something. No, it's no longer lost in Cleveland. Now it's, they're fucking us in Cleveland. <laughs> Hot shot Scott Williams, Vic the Stick, Ross Jack Spade. We are in our little Airbnb Nice place, smells musty, there's a Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm actually what smells musty, but... Well, there you go. we got a lot to talk about. We've got, we're going to stick to our regular format a little. We're going to pick out some categories. But we want to share some stories from the road. And I think we should start out with that because it's fresh in our mind. For those wondering why the hell we're in Cleveland, we were here. Uh, the main intent was for the Green Bay Packers-Cleveland Browns game. However, we also got to see the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and really bad wrestling. Really bad wrestling. It wasn't as bad as last year. Nothing's as bad as last year. So why don't we start just telling everybody, because the, the overriding theme you heard Vic say, they're fucking us, because we've been taking it in a, in a whole cooter from day one since we left our late Friday night. Why don't we share a little bit of the... The story, the troubles, just getting on the road. Yeah, so uh, my man Lane here had made some plans for a rental car. True. And upon our arrival, they just said, man, no. No. They, uh, they weren't having it. They so, were fucking me. They were fucking us. It's going to be a running theme. So uh, produced a major credit card and got us on the road in a Jeep Patriot. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not as big as it looks from the outside. No, really, the, 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 the saving grace of this Jeep Patriot is it, it sucks on gas. However, it's glad, I'm glad we had it because the fucking continued as we entered Illinois all the way through Indiana where we encountered snow. Yes, snowstorm the entire way. In fact, the snowstorm ranged the distance from Chicago... To about Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And if that wasn't bad enough, we're doing GPS via a cell phone, so we had no choice but to go through the tolls. Yeah. Yeah, we won't be doing that back, but by the time we got to our final uh, destination, got off to head towards Canton, in about nine hours of being on the road, we spent about 40 bucks in tolls. Uh, give or take, including 13 motherfucking 75 for the Cleveland Toll Road. They're fucking us. Well, the Ohio Turnpike and 
and uh, we will be, t you know, we, we looked at some other ways to do it. It adds about an hour to our trip, but it's well worth it if you think about it. So, um, so we get in. We couldn't check in yet to our place. Just to set it up a little bit, on Friday morning, I had woken up about 5.15. Lane had just gotten off work. Uh, Jack Spade had just gotten off work. Vic, you were tired. We were all tired. And we're making this trip, and we couldn't even come to our place to stay. But we did make good use of it because we went to the... Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, fantastic. I suggest it to anyone who's in the mood to see the best in NFL history and also be surrounded by a city full of assholes all at the same time. Well, you're, you're missing the point. The one really good thing was we went to Susie's Sunshine Stroke Place or wherever the restaurant was. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, that was good. Yeah, that, was, that good. was good. Good we food. Had, nice yeah. breakfast. Little waitress is a bit handsy. Yeah, but I'm in for that, man. Hey, hey, get you some. Um, so we do, we do that, and then we get here to our uh, our residence for the what was going to be three days, and we were lucky to find out because I had done some research on a neighborhood, and apparently uh, Wikipedia led me to believe that this was a really seedy area. Um, thankfully, the area is great. People are dumb and mean, but there's no no trouble. <laughs> they are dumb and mean. Well, we have learned about the people of Cleveland. So, we went to Nashville last year. That was our trip last year. Myself, Vic, and the Prodigy. And the people of Nashville, super, super nice. And accommodating. Absolutely. And, and their butts move inwards towards their butthole, so the point that it looks like their butthole is eating the rest of their yes, butt. They I'm, have no butts. I'm pretty sure it's because they've been holding their tongue. <laughs> now, everybody in Cleveland wants to fight. Yeah. They walk around like they're, they're looking for some trouble. And I have perfected the Cleveland stroll. Yeah, you just gotta look like you're walking with your dick dangling. Yep. Right? Your big imaginary dick for some of you women out there. Whatever. Hey, Monica. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Monica. So we get here. We find out it's a nice place. Um, minus the heat not being real warm up in my sleeping quarters. Yeah, they got the thermostat gimmicked so we can only get it so high. And it's cold. I mean, it was in the 20s yesterday and even colder today. But we get here. We unpack. We shower. We're ready to rock and roll. We decide we're going to seek out. We found a couple of possibilities for really bad wrestling. Again, though, the problem was we end up choosing the one closer because, once again, more snow, everybody. Yep. So we make our pilgrimage. We stop at a Steak and Shake to find, as much as I love Steak and Shakes, the worst service I've ever had a Steak and Shake, including the female cook in the back taking a break so she could take one. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure. At one point, I lean over to Scott because we're sitting at the little diner bar gimmick. We don't have a table. The counter, yeah. And uh, and I look up and I see that the guy who's on the grill in front of us has taken our order off of the screen. And at one point I go over and I turn to Scott and I go, this dude just took our order off the screen. And then we heard them in back go, oh, where's the, where, where's this and this and this? And he goes, oh, it's all that. It's all that. And she went, you didn't make this whole order. And then I went, you're fucking me. Right, so our order ends up taking 23 minutes. We're already on a tight schedule because we certainly don't want to miss any bad wrestling. Right. Um, we do get our food, though, um, and that was mostly right, except the shakes that Vic and uh, Spade ordered were sitting in a window getting warm, so now the whipped cream is melting all down the glass, uh, what would you call it, the glass 
serving dish of the shape. I would call it a glass. Okay. Yeah, a, a malted glass. So that was a sloppy mess. But nonetheless, we were able to get out of there, get to the wrestling show, to find that it hadn't started yet, so we haven't missed any of the really, really bad things we're about to see. For those of you wondering, it was called the ASWA. Uh, the show featured not one, but two people you may be familiar with. The Wildcat Chris Harris, formerly of TNA and Two Weeks in the E. And Sawyer Fulton, who was in Sanity yeah. before it actually hit TV. No, no, they were on TV. Yeah, before it was replaced by... He was well, the, he was replaced by Killian Dane. Sawyer Fulton, you may remember, is the tag team partner of Alexander Wolfe during the Dusty Rhodes Cup tag team tournament. So that looked like it was going to be... And now before we tell you more about Aswa, I do want to tell you that the other Fed we could have went to, we suspected was going to be way worse because their featured star was Chief Akalakalakalula. <laughs> Gesundheit. <laughs> You're welcome. And... and we know that the chief, you know, has worked in our area up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin area a lot. He's a personal favorite of Maru, but he's also the chief. So, uh, so we get there, and the show. You know, we'll kind of go through it. You know, some of the things that we thought were really bad. But one of the things that um, we found to be interesting was a bald juggalo woman who was their fifty-fifty raffle ticket lady. Mm-hmm. She uh, can I? She took an instantaneous liking to Vic, right? I can't deny it's that. Like, yeah, trashy women just find Vic, and they look at him and they go, "I gotta get me some of that." <laughs> get me some of that. Spoiler <laughs> alert: She ain't get her none of that. <laughs> For the record, thirty seconds in, I couldn't stand her anymore because I heard in thirty seconds how hard this night has been, even though we'd only been there five minutes. Trying to sell 50-50 raffle tickets. Which we bought. We did not win. No, we did not win. But, uh, and then I go, I'd make a joke to Vic about how she was practically rubbing her head on his leg like a cat marking him with her face glands. That happened. And then what happened? Uh, She came back and sat down. And as you engaged her in conversation, which had nothing to do with anything remotely sexual she laid her head down on your thigh they're fucking me she was trying (laughs) well there was a lot of instances of us getting effed over there so they ran out of pizza they ran out of soda they stopped selling all concessions before the main event i walked to get a bottle of water and they were just gone like they ghosted there was a lot of bad stuff on that show. A lot of terrible booking. Mm. A lot of uh, a tag match that had shine, 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 shine finish with the heels going over. Um, a bunch of guys that were really, really old. Um, uh, another faction that uses WO as their... This what was the Bald World Order. Yes, the Bald World Order. Uh, Chris Harris has given up he really, anything. Really doesn't tan anymore. Doesn't really look like he hits the gym very much. Wrestled in a shirt. Yeah, yeah. Didn't get any reaction on anything. Nobody gave a shit. Didn't even try. 
So now, mind you, all this is going on. The show ends. Some bad booking to end it. Just really terrible. And we make our way back here, the hour and 30-minute drive. So now, we're rolling back into our place at midnight. At this point, Jack Spade has been up for about uh, 30... 40 hours. 40 hours. And doing most of the driving on this leg. Um, I had slept about an hour and a half total in the last 40-some hours. We were exhausted. So we got back here. I went up to my uh, loft and went to sleep. And I think you guys shortly thereafter, I know you said you had a hard time falling asleep. It took me about an hour because I was so overtired after being up for like 39 and a half hours. It was absurd. So while now the, the upshot of that is while we were in, in Canton and we bought our... Hall of Fame tickets, we took advantage of a nice special. We, we also bought tickets to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we did some planning. I like to be the strategic planner on road trips. Um, and I like to let them because I'm lazy as shit. It's just my, you know, I do a lot of these every year with my family. We learned a lot about crime. Yeah, yeah. And neighborhoods. Yeah, and Cleveland and why they get an F for education. Well, we found out why by talking to people. So yeah. it's not hard to understand. But anyway... I said, hey, you know, I did looked it up, and I go, the Hall of Fame's only open at 5 o'clock. The football game wasn't going to end at 4.30, but because it opened three hours before the game and it was right next door to the stadium, we decided, let's just go into town early. Yeah, FYI, we, uh, we moved ahead in a time zone by an hour. So at home, the game started at noon, but it was 1 o'clock here. So we had three hours, two and a half, basically, to tour the Hall of Fame. I... I thought the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was amazing. I loved it. I loved it, it, except for the fact that the Beatles wing wasn't done. They are fucking us. Fucking me on that one. Well, they I fucked like the us Beatles. with a $35 parking charge, too, <coughs> even even though we were just going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, here's the thing. We were going to the game, too, but we found out that during the winter, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't get a whole lot of business. Well, I wouldn't pay 35 bucks if I was just coming for the Hall of Fame and got stuck in Brown's parking hell. Um, but thankfully, we found a spot close. So that was the, cap, the, the saving grace, right? Yeah. Go to the game. Packers are, are... We'll talk about the fans and men. Packers were losing by two touchdowns. They came back to win. So for a while, we thought we were going to get screwed out of the score as well. But the people... The Browns fans are a real treat. Oh, they're a thing, man. They are a thing. I had a real winner sitting next to me. The Browns fans. So the Packers go down 14 to 7. It's going close to halftime. Vic goes, hey man, I'm freezing my tits off. Let's go get a warm drink and put it in our mouths. So we leave to go to the concession. So we were trying to beat the halftime. Yeah, right, it was before halftime. Um, and as we're leaving, these fans think we're just leaving. Yeah, they thought we were done. Like, we gave up on it. And the guy looks me right dead in the eye and says, thanks for coming to the first Browns win of the year. Yeah, Vic had a nice comeback saying, oh, we're not leaving anywhere. We're going to, we're only going to soak this up after spending $14 to drive on your toll road. Yes, I took advantage of my captive audience to bitch about the toll road. And, but, so... And, and th there was more. There was trash talk. So much trash talk. Yeah, for a team that hasn't won jack. And it was funny because they went from trash talk to um, crying in their Cheerios and ripping their jerseys off and tearing the stadium apart all within about a half hour, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But more ways that we were, get, we were taking the pipe. We get there. 
So the concession stand, they're out of coffee. Okay, they have, still have hot chocolate. They're out of souvenir cups. Which were the large cups. And again, <coughs> before halftime. Right. It, right. In a half-empty stadium. So yes. how, do, how, how do you poorly plan that badly? So I had to set up for hot chocolate and jack up my sugars, but hey, I need something to drink. By the way, a backtrack story to that. We saved ourselves by going to get thermal socks yesterday at Walmart, and that really kind of made it, it all did. worth it. It was. did. So anyway, they end up winning the game, but this particular fella, um, we'll refer to him as, uh, as Methy Mark. Methy Mark. He was just about losing it. Um, kicking his seat. Vic thought he was going to have to take a man down. I did. Like, we were there while well, we got there, and then they arrived maybe 10 minutes after kickoff. Like, legit 10 minutes, not 10 game minutes. And they weren't in the seats five minutes, and that kid spilled his beer already. Yes, so you have this guy, and he's, like, I'm telling demonstrative, F this, F this, MF for kicking his seat like, like he, like, like he was Pele. Yeah. You know who Pele is anyway? I know who Pele is. I got is. Pele. All right. Meanwhile, I'm chatting it up with a <coughs> Packer fan next to me. He's probably in his 80s, maybe yeah. 70s. Um, talking about the Packers, you know, it seems like things are going well enough. He's doing his kibitzing about Dom Capers and how bad the defense is. And then he says, you know, Jordy Nelson doesn't seem to do much since... Uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, he runs a lot of deep patterns, and Hundley has problems with the deep bump, and the guy, before I can even finish my sentence, says, I think he just wants to throw to the black receivers, so they get all the credit. <laughs> so now you can imagine what I'm dealing with. In Ohio, the Packers fans are fucking us. Yeah. It, it, it was a bad look. It was a bad <laughs> look. So... The game ends well enough. We, as we're leaving, some funny stories about Browns fans like literally ripping off their jerseys in tears, being talked off a ledge by their girlfriends because they're ready to give up on football. We saw all this. Two Browns fans almost coming to blows on the escalator on the way out. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely worth it. And then we turned on the, the radio. Well, yeah, so we, we, we went back to the Hall of Fame for a minute because we wanted to let the crowd, because it was a sea of humanity, and we could still get back in. So we went in there. We spent probably another hour before we got in the car, and we turned on an hour after the game, and, oh, boy, it is radio gold, everybody. If you want to imagine the, the most depressing sports radio, it's week 14 or we're in week 14, right? Yeah, yeah. Week 14 where your team is 0 and 13 and you have you your job is to talk week after week and analyze how shitty your team how is. How shitty your team is and then take calls. Yes. From uneducated people who <laughs> who've been drinking all day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, was, if you was, ever want to taste, and I don't mean to cut you off, Scott. If you ever want to taste, check out the White Sox post game on the 670, the score out of Chicago sometime after a White Sox loss. Well, this was way worse. This was this was actually almost better than when 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 Buffon and and uh, Doug Buffon was was uh, doing the post game for the Bears. Yeah, that was good stuff. Now, we're happy. We're going to go to the casino to eat at their buffet, which got rave reviews. Yeah. Right? So, 
We spent about an hour trying to find a place to park because there were other events going on in downtown Cleveland which precluded any real parking because all the parking lots were charging 40 or 50 bucks. Well, we weren't going to do that again. Right. We even called the casino to be told by the casino, yeah, we're charging 50 bucks to park today. They were fucking us. Fucking us. So we missed out on the buffet, and we ended up going somewhere closer to where we were staying, which was, you know, a little bit southwest of Cleveland. I don't feel like we can go there just yet. No, we're not going to. Okay. So we're trying to make our way around the city, and while we were trying to find a place to park, we, you know, there were some people doing a lot of beeping. <laughs> there were. There was definitely a lot of beeping. Yeah, so... I thought it was justified beeping, and I thought it was effective, <laughs> Yeah. and I thought it, it, it served its purpose, but the best beep of them all was reserved for a little trollop who, <laughs> whose name we don't know, but we're driving through, and it's a two lanes trying to get through downtown, and the parking lane is a clearly no stopping, no parking. Like, like, not, not even a stop. This is it. a turn off. This was like right. a split, like a turning lane, a two lane turning lane. To go to the next road. Right. So there was a car parked with its flashers on. And we can't, we're, we're all kind of at a dead standstill because we're trying to get around it. But as luck would have it, we spot the perpetrator scurrying back to her car <coughs> um, to get in it and move it. To which Vic then yells. <laughs> I said, hey, good job fucking us. <laughs> <laughs> so she yells back. Something along the lines of, hey, shut the fuck up. Yes, she did definitely yell, shut the fuck up. At which point I informed her, because I'm pretty sure she didn't know yet, that her mother's a bitch. <laughs> and, and, then, <laughs> and, and then as she tried to come back at me, I hit her with the operatic version, your mother's a bitch. And then I laid on a horn for 39 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so, For the record, she was part... I was very uncomfortable with all of this, but she was parked there to run into the convenience store on the corner to pick up a pack of Newport 100s. And a Red Bull. And a Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah, so she effed up everybody's traffic. It made us mad. We were disappointed that we didn't get to do the buffet because it looked amazing, but we settled for Red Lobster. Yeah. And that never disappoints, really, as far as I know. No, that was quality meal. Can't wait to shit it out later. Yeah, well, there'll be a lot of that. So that's, and then that leads us to this. Here we are recording our diary. Uh, we will be on our way home tomorrow morning at some point. So Cleveland is, what we've learned so far, the three takeaways is Cleveland thinks they're New York. Yep. In, including the hot dog vendor. The yes, hot dog vendor literally seemed like a van, an unmarked van pulled up to a guy, <coughs> put a bag over his head so he couldn't see, Threw him into the van. He was like, hey, what the fuck you doing? And then just towed his hot dog cart outside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, dropped him off, and then gave him a shitty pickup yes. truck. Basically from, <coughs> from Brooklyn to Cleveland. That's what happened. Yeah, so he was he was your typical, like, you ever, like, hey, you want a sausage? Hey, how about that? Hey, your Packers, hey. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, he's pretty good there, hey. Hey, you want a sausage guy, boys? Want hey, you guys gonna eat sausage? To which Vic says, nah. No, no, that's not what you said. <laughs> what did I say? You said, I don't eat hot dogs for breakfast. Okay. And then he went, oh, come on. 
I don't like your impression of me. You really fatten up your voice for that. It's bullshit. Okay? I don't, I don't just talk like that. I can't eat hot dogs for breakfast. Wow, you got really fat. Well, Fuck for, you. Well, for the record, I can eat hot dogs for breakfast. And you did. And, you did. and I did. So now we're here, and we're going to go on with our normal format, but we needed to share those stories, and really we, f we felt like the only thing that could have made this trip worse would have been if we were attacked by some Krav Maga. Krav Maga. And if we don't come back home, if somebody can tell our wives that we've been killed by Cleveland Krav Maga, yes, that would be ideal. So can we get to the topics now? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's right. let's get it started here. Let's topics so, coming straight from Milwaukee. Just a spoiler: we didn't pick these, but we had a friend do it for us. Right. So it's still the the, the integrity is still yeah. intact. Jim's Jim's wife Katie. Yeah, Jim's wife Katie. Out of, uh, out of the hat. Out of the hat for us because we didn't want to risk taking the hat on the road. Yeah, because here, that would have been gold if somebody would have wanted that hat. Oh, this is definitely a fedora town. Yeah, there's no doubt. Everybody in Cleveland wants to fight. They do. Can I just put that out there as a note? Well, Can you know, I, I think uh, I think that it explains why The Miz was on the scoreboard at our game. He was. Last year in Tennessee, it was the Road Dog. This year in Cleveland, it was The Miz. But uh, literally, at the show... Something must have happened between children. A grandfather... Oh, I forgot all about this. A grandfather grabbed his grandson by the ear. Oh, yeah. Hard. And power walked across the gym. <laughs> across the gym. Up bleacher stairs. Jim bleacher Dragging stairs. him by the ear. Dragging him by the ear. Went, hey, Grandpa, is this your grandkid? To another person in the bleachers. To which the grandpa went, yeah! And then the grandpa took his grandson, who he had by the ear, and went, Apologize. Say you're sorry. And the kid cried. This kid is crying. He is. He's traumatized. <laughs> and he goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, Go sit your ass down. And he lets him go. The kid runs like Liam Neeson's daughter in Taken. <laughs> yeah, well, she should have learned to run a little bit better earlier in that movie. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. All chest, no arms, just back towards his chair. Yep. And then he he gets down in front of the bleachers, back on the gym floor. The original grandpa. Yep, the first grandpa that brought the kid over. The OG, if you will. Points up into the bleachers with force. Yep. And he says, hey, you're welcome. Yeah, like, like even the apologies in this town are harsh, man. Yeah, very aggressive. Very aggressive. Alright. But let me tell you why I think this is. Do you realize in the 1950s, <laughs> Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, not the metro area, had over 900,000 people living in it. Yep. Okay? Um, as of the last census, they're down to about 350,000. Right. People are leaving in droves and... And I think it's 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 clearly evident why. And yes, industry is left here, but people are just assholes. Right. When you are in Cleveland, you can feel the anger. Yeah. All right? It's actually taking me over a little bit here. <laughs> I'm fired up. All right. All right. So what's our first topic? Our okay. first topic. Spit it out. God damn it. Will you be patient? Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry. You're shit. You're fucking. 
the alternate universe where Fred Ottman doesn't trip coming through the wall. All right. Huh. Okay. So we're saying, like, let's go back in time to that moment and say it never happened. When the Shockmaster does not fall through the wall. Yeah. Absolutely nothing changes. No, he has because his... he still comes out with a throw rug on his back and a glitter... and a glittery stormtrooper helmet. Yeah, and he'd still be you know in putting shitty matches against Hogan and having Ole Anderson's voice. Yeah, his black scorpion voice. If you could have an Ole Anderson taped over promo for one of your promos right now, yeah, would you take it? No, I don't need any help. Are you? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think what would have happened is he would have gotten like a two-month push instead of no push, and it would have just died on the vine. And I don't think there's anything. But but in lieu in 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 the uh, in the uh, effort to have some sort of discussion topics, anybody have any thoughts about Fred Ahmed? You know, he was a real big guy. Yeah. But he was also pretty agile. Yeah. Uh, at least when he started as the tugboat. Uh, we're talking about a guy who was like 6'8 and 4 bills for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, maybe maybe 6'5, but, yeah, but he was a big fucking man. dude. Yeah. And he could, he could drop kick, man. And I'm not talking about a half-ass drop kick. I'm talking about hit you in the face drop kick. Which makes me wonder why they needed the stupid gimmick anyway. Right? I mean, why not just... Uh, I mean, you could say that for every gimmick he had. He was the tugboat. Because then he became, help me out, Typhoon. Typhoon. Yep, Typhoon and the Natural Disasters. Then he became disasters. fucking the Shockmaster. And then when that shit the bed, they just called him Uncle Fred. Don't you think, though, <coughs> you could have brought him in as a heel. And you could have still called him the Shockmaster without the paper mache head. Or foam head, styrofoam head. And just give him a manager that could talk for him. And just let him be a big... Big monster. Absolutely. That would have worked just fine. I mean, it would have been better for him. You know why they didn't do that? They had Vader. Yeah. Well, call me wrong here. You're wrong. All right. Fuck Cleveland, man. Uh, <laughs> but I get the impression that Fred Ottman may not have been the most uh, non-clumsy wrestler in the world. Oh, no. He was clumsy. So not as clumsy as that guy in the Survivor Series match we saw yesterday. Oh my God! <laughs> Big dude, like a power lifter, but clumsy feet. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. no doubt. But uh, I, I can't recall one solid Fred Ottman match that I could tell anybody to even go and watch. Do you guys have any matches? That, mm. you, that stand out? No. That you could, th like, just thinking about, just think about a time you saw Fred Ottman wrestle and name that match. Uh, Tugboat against Pez Watley. I saw it on primetime. There you go. There, there you go. There's one. All right. And it wasn't even off of, like, a pay-per-view or anything. It... This is just a real unmemorable guy. Yeah. Unless... You consider the fall because almost everybody knows about the fall. Yeah, that made him. Yeah, that's kind of his his uh, feather in his cap, and I he's, don't think it's the one he wanted. He's. It's even been immortalized with a toy where he's the shockmaster, and it's packaged upside down on purpose. <sighs> he's Perfect. not. He's not John Tenta. 
He's not John Tento. Not John, John Tento was great. Yeah. John Tento worked forever. He was also the shark. Was Fred Ottman on? He wasn't a shark. He's a man. <laughs> uh, was, uh, was, was Fred Ottman a friend of Hogan's? I feel like Fred Ottman was one of those Hogan's. Actually, he was a dusty guy. Yeah. Okay. He was a dusty guy dating back to Dusty running Florida in between the NWA and WWF runs. Uh, he was known as the Big Steel Man. And he oh. came out with a hard hat. Nice. But that's... He did that after the Shockmaster gimmick, too, didn't he? He put the hard hat Actually, he be... Yeah, when he was Uncle Fred. Yeah. Yikes. All right, so that's... For... By the way, feel free to share your Fred Ottman stories on our, on our Facebook. Yeah, do me a favor. Write them down and stick them up your ass! So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our Spotlight in the Squared Circle segment where we highlight local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the regular guy gaming podcast on the grapple talk network i think it's safe to say if you like wrestling you also like games so join me and my co-host ragbag as we talk about old games new games games we love games we hate special guests interviews and of course ragbags love for luigi mansion that is all on regular guy gaming check us out all right, what's next? What's well, this is a good topic to go talk about while we're in Cleveland. <laughs> so, right. somebody wants us, uh, and it looks like this one was in Jim's writing, how do you get bookings? Okay. I don't know if he's talking specifically about us, because I don't know. How do people get bookings? I'll give you some ideas, and then obviously you guys can jump in here. Obviously, there's a few things you can do. You can get bookings through word of mouth, Right. You have somebody who you've worked with before that's working in a different area, and they can say, hey, you got to you know, get my guy in. Or you can say, hey, do me a favor. I'd like to work up in, in your area. Can you, can you put in a good word for me? Um, you can show people tapes, you know, direct them to something on YouTube or whatever and say, hey, take a look at this. Yeah, don't send them your sh- shitty fucking highlight video because anybody can look good in a highlight right. video. Send them a match. Except for Jack Spade. I will tell you how, but but I'll let you guys expand on how to get bookings. I'm going to tell you one way you would never have gotten a booking from me. Show up with your gear bag on a show that you're not booked on. Come to the pre-show meeting that you're not invited to and say, so did anybody cancel? I'd really like to work. That will get you not booked from a lot of people. I, I would hope not. Well, I'm going to tell you that I have no idea how to get bookings. Because when I broke into the business, it was a bad look to ask for bookings. Yeah, it was. I, I was told that when I broke in, too. You come in, you do your thing, and it's either word of mouth, or your video, or promoter comes to a show because they do that. Yes, they do. And they see you work, and they think, hey, that guy can be an asset to my show. That's how my bookings work. And I have worked. And I will tell you this. I've never asked a promoter to book me, but I have asked friends of mine who work on shows to put in a good word for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, 
I was specifically told <laughs> that you do not ask. You make them ask you. Yeah. So there you go. So I guess what you should do is, let's rewind this whole thing. How do you get bookings? Be solid in the ring. Be solid in the locker room. And let make sure that when your name comes out of people's mouths, when they're talking about you with you not around, that the majority of it is positive stuff. And if, if that happens, you'll get bookings. There are definitely people these days who ask for bookings, though. Oh, for sure there are. And uh, one way that I know some guys get bookings is uh, they own a car, and they're willing to kiss other guys' asses and drive around to fucking shows. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of that. Hey, I'll bring, I'll bring a... Or, yeah, because you could say, <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing up three guys from Illinois, and then... Those three workers are like, well, I got a guy who's willing to drive. Can you find a place for him? Okay. So, I mean, in some ways, that kind of happened even with Rebels, with some of the groups we were bringing in from other areas. There was always a tag-along that came in with a caveat. That's not a way to keep yourself, like, in a decent place on a show, though, because you're not getting used because of any, <coughs> anything you can do. Right. You're getting used because of you're a, a driver. Right. You're a valet. You're a bitch. Right? So, yeah, like, the way that we got our bookings was we broke in, we were told not to ask for it, and then we, you end up as part of a crew. Everybody who breaks in has a generation of people they break in with. Mm -hmm. That's in their group. And you want to keep that group of people happy with you, because if those people like you, then they will talk about you, they'll think about you, right. and they'll tell promoters to find a spot for you. Sure. Well, remember at SWE how many times you guys, even myself, would get asked to work on shows. Some guys would want us to flip a switch or whatever because they were at the show. And they're like, hey, you guys look really good. I'm looking for somebody to work a tag match on my next show. Okay. Right. So, again, that was because the promoters go to shows. And they do it for a couple reasons. Sometimes you're keeping an eye on the competition. Sometimes you're looking for fresh faces to bring in, and <coughs> honestly, it, a booker would be smart to try to look for fresh faces, because otherwise, the area could become very oversaturated yeah. with the same people. That so. is accurate. And here's another thing. Don't be a dick to the generations underneath you, because eventually, and you guys could probably attest to this a little bit better than I can, the generation that you break into the business with is all going to be gone except for you at some point. Right. And then you're dependent upon these other people to help keep you in business. So I never have been somebody who attests to treating the younger people like shit. Yeah, we might, uh, we might shit on you a little bit, but it's all in good fun. Yeah, we're certainly not sending someone out there to try to hurt you. Except Maru, fuck Maru. Ah, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, what's... Kramaga. He should move to Cleveland. He'd fit right in. Alright, so that's how you get bookings, everybody. Um, what's next? What do we have next? There's no... That was it? We're good? With that? Yeah, I think that kind of dissolved itself. Did we help board. anybody get a booking? I've, I, been I've been hoping you get bookings for years. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> hey, I have no pull anywhere, so I can't help you. Yeah, don't ask me to get you booked anywhere. Nobody likes me. Uh, non-wrestling topic for you. Okay. Who's your favorite Batman of all time? Oh man, this is gonna get ugly quick. It's gonna get ugly quick. Scotty, you get to go first. Well, okay. And can we can we twist up the question? 
<laughs> instead of your favorite Batman ever, and you can declare which one is your favorite, but I'd like your top five. Batman's? Yeah. Okay. So you got like your Adam West and your uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Uh, you got your uh, Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Okay, so let's go this way first. Uh, I think Keaton was my favorite. I really feel that way. I think Christian Bale's two. Um, Adam West, I'll keep three just from, because when I was growing up, that was Batman. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I'm just going to tell you that I, my least favorite was Clooney. Um, I think Affleck uh, was slightly better than Val Kilmer. So Val Kilmer would be my second least favorite. And then Affleck. But those three don't even hit it. I mean, it's Keaton 1 and, and then Christian Bale 2. The problem with Bale is the voice. I know a lot of people hate the voice. But those movies were really good. And I think, yeah. I think he gets a rub, maybe a little bit more of a bump because... Those were really well done films. Because of the overall quality of the movies with those yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm going to take Keaton. Not uh, as my favorite movie Batman. If we're talking overall Batman, uh, I'm going to be that guy and I'm going to take Kevin Conroy. For the animated series? For the anim That dude is still doing Batman. That dude has been doing the voice of Batman since I was six or seven. It's like 91 or 92. Okay. Fair enough. That dude has been voicing Batman. That is, when I think of Batman, that's the voice I think of, but... Are you going to throw Bat-Dad in there anywhere? Bat-Dad? Yeah. The, the Vine Bat-Dad? Yes. Yeah, eh. Okay. I'll watch it. All right. It's funny. It's not me funny, but it's funny. Right. Okay, so you like Keaton. Yeah. What about, so who's your, le which one's... My least favorite? Yeah. Uh, Clooney. Yeah, absolutely, it's Clooney. There was no difference between Batman and Bruce Wayne at all when it was George Clooney. Sure. Same voice, even. He didn't even attempt to mask his voice in any way. Well, because he's George Clooney. He doesn't have to sink to that level, right? But nobody went to the well and went, Hey, <coughs> has anybody noticed that Batman and Bruce Wayne have the exact same voice at all? So I hear what you're saying to me, but Adam West was guilty of the same thing. Right. There was no difference. There's sentimentality with Adam West for you, though. Yeah, I think that's true. All right. Which I can give you. But George Clooney was one and done, and that was a terrible movie. Okay. So what are you thinking? Well, I'm coming correct, man. Number one, it's Adam West. Oh, man. It's Adam West. Okay. Number two, Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. Number three, Christian Bale. Okay. Number four... Val Kilmer, and number five, I don't give a shit, because George Clooney was the shits, and I've not seen Ben Affleck. Fair enough. So let's keep it here, and talk, and stay on the same topic, <clears throat> because the other discussion I've had quite a bit is in regards to who the best Joker is. Yeah, this, I'll tell you hands down, that it ain't Heath Ledger. And fuck you if you think it is. Okay, so that's good. So let's put the four out there. And I'll use... And I, I will go this, the same route as Jack Spade here, and I'll throw Mark Hamill in there. Because he was the animated yeah. Joker. So you've got Mark Hamill. Yep. You've got Heath Ledger. You've got Jack Nicholson. You've got... Um, Cesar, Cesar Romero. And we're even going to give you, if you want, Jared Leto for playing sure. the Joker in uh, Suicide Squad. Yep. So... Lane, Jokers, how do you wait? 
it's tough. Joke, like, I gotta say that Jack Nicholson is the best Joker. To me. Mm-hmm. That, that it, Michael Keaton, best Batman, Jack Nicholson's best Joker. That was my favorite, one of my favorite movies growing up, along with Ghostbusters. Uh, so there's a lot of that sentimentality there. I will say that Heath Ledger did a very, very good job in that movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Heath Ledger greatly. I will not argue that, but he is not the best. And and Mark Hamill is the man. Hamill's really good in the two. I've seen him twice. Danny. I don't watch. I'm not as familiar with the animated series yeah. as you are, but I have seen two critically acclaimed episodes of him being the Joker. And he's very good at it. And he's very good. But Cesar Romero, again, listen, the 60s Batman was cheesy, right? But it was supposed to be. It was so good, though. Right. And because, and why, you know why it was good, Vic? Because the, they picked the right people to be the villains. You're right. I mean, can you think of now, if, you, if you're familiar with that show... Anyone else being the Penguin than Burgess Meredith? No. Or anybody else being the Riddler than I, Frank well, Gorshin? Well, I knew you were going to say that, and they, they had did have to. to. But they were both... But Frank Gorshin was great. far and away better than John Aston, uh, who, by the way, was Gomez Adams, for those of you who don't know, on the Adams family. And Cesar Romero, because even some of the ancillary guys, like the guy they got to play the Mad Hatter was perfect, right? Yep. Um, all that stuff, but... Vincent Price as Egghead. Yes. Perfect, right? Perfect yes. casting. Cesar Romero, aside from the fact that he refused to shave his mustache... It's not a problem for me. I don't care. Jim and I used to argue about that all the time. That, that's showing a lack of commitment. It's not. What was wrong with Cesar Romero's face if he shaved? He didn't like it. His mustache he, was his moneymaker. It was his trademark. Yeah. He had a sweet cock brew. That's... I knew I'd get you to pop on that. That's his trademark? He's a comedian and his trademark is that he has a sweet cock bro? Well, not his trademark is pushing up daisies, but it was. So, I think that I agree with Nicholson. I'm going to go with Cesar Romero. Then I'm going to go with Bale. And then, I'm sorry, uh... Heath uh, Ledger. Heath Ledger. Then Hamill. But only because I don't have as, as... If I watched more of Hamill, I think I'd put him up there higher. And then I'd, I wasn't a Suicide Squad fan. I, I don't know. I just it, the Jared Leto thing didn't do it for me. That's, if, that's fair. If Heath Ledger could have stayed alive, just for fucking you know a ten, year, ten to fifteen more years, right? And they could have built their anim or their movie universe around him being because he stayed alive. He didn't die in that movie, right? He could have been the main villain for the whole Justice League thing coming together. Yeah, he could have. And sure. he was a very very interesting character. I agree. I, I don't think he was bad. I, I think that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that people gain a little bit more fame sometimes when they die young, right? Absolutely. Heath Ledger died young. Uh, Jim Morrison died young. Uh, uh, Kirk Cobain died young, but not young enough. Um, <laughs> I sure wish Getty Lee would have got the Kurt Cobain treatment. Why? Because then he'd have been a bigger star than he is now, and you'd be hearing Rush everywhere. Fly, bye, I feel Don't like worry about me. <laughs> I feel like I have been hearing it everywhere. So anyway, my jokers. Number one, it's really for me. It's one and one A. It's Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Okay. And now here's where we're gonna get controversial. My three is Mark Hamill. Okay, that's fair. Because I was a huge. Um, 
fan of the Arkham games. Okay. On PlayStation. And he, voiced those? And he is okay. the, and he is fantastic. Four is Heath Ledger. Five, I don't care. Jared Leto, that was not the Joker. Right. It wasn't. I'm sorry. Okay. So there you go. Bob Gunn. Bob Gunn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the record, Jim and I used to argue all the time because I would stick to my guns that Cesar Romero was better and he loved Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And there was a gimmick that Jim, Jim was a trading card collector, all right? Yeah. And Jim got packs of Batman 1989 oh, trading cards. A whole box. The whole box of them, never opened. 24 unopened packages. Including uh, the gum. Yeah, I All right? Yep. That was part of this, yeah. this, this menagerie of this was, awful. This was awful. All right? So we're talking about trading cards that were made in 1989. Yep. And that we had them probably in 2010, 2011. No, I think it was more like 2013, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. But either way, we had them. The gun was in there in 2010. <laughs> Trust me. Yes. So we got some pretty <laughs> quality bits out of those gum, uh, out of those packs of uh, trading cards. Number one was the gum, which we proceeded to open them all and collect all the gum we could, which was falling in your hands like powder. Yes. Let me just point out, because I was a baseball card collector through most of the late 70s and all the 80s, fresh... When it was fresh, Still the that gum was off. Still the shit. Well, this was definitely not fresh. And uh, I definitely had a piece which liquefies immediately. It's, it's terrible. So if you took two of them and dropped one on the other, it sounded like you were playing with quarters. <laughs> but then you put it in your mouth and you can't chew it so it breaks like a piece of hard candy. And the next thing you know, you have powdery water in your mouth. Right. I, I almost threw up. I believe we took it to a couple shows, didn't we? We did. Baggy, and we oh, yeah. had some other people eat it. Oh, yeah. Once again, I think Kid Riot probably got that treatment. <coughs> yeah, he, he, yeah. It wouldn't shock me. He's usually pretty game for stuff. Uh, and then, for those of you who were interested, Bob. Yes, Bob was the Joker's henchman. He got a trading card. Really? He did not get a trading card. What did it say? If it you, had a big picture of Bob right on the fucker. No, if you remember, if you remember, the bit was whoever got the most Bob cards had to try the gum. Okay. And then there wasn't a Bob card, so we had to go back through and find the card that had Bob as a ancillary character on the card, like an action shot from the movie. Yeah. Naturally, I lost because because they were fucking me. Uh huh. <laughs> well. Well. At one point, I found him, and I, a famous line from that movie is, Bob, gun, gun. Jack Nicholson receives said gun, and then shoots Bob dead, because he's angry, and yes. he's the Joker. So, I'm excited, because I'm going through cards, trying to find Bob cards, and I find one, I go, hey guys, look, Bob gun, huh? <laughs> yeah. Bob gun, huh? He essentially he made Bob's last name Gun. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, favorite Batman. I'm a big Batman mark. I'm a huge Batman mark. I am also a bit huge Batman. Mark. Ironically, I love Batman, but I'm not a DC guy. So that's me either. I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I do love Batman. Uh -huh. I was never a Marvel guy because the animated series uh, 
were really good for Superman and Batman, and then Justice League, if you watch the whole run, is an amazing show. But since I have gotten to read a lot of Marvel comics because they have an online subscription where you can read as much as you want for like ten bucks a month. Hey, let me ask you a question: Are they uh, are they a sponsor? No. Then shut the fuck up about it. All right. <laughs> but but I will say this about Marvel. So growing up, I read more Marvel than DC. The only DC I collected was Batman. Otherwise. Spider-Man, Iron Man, Avengers. I thought, and I still think this, Marvel did better comics. Consequently, Marvel does better movies, but DC does better TV. That's true. I think DC TV is way ahead of... Unless you're talking about the Netflix shows. (coughs) The Netflix Marvel shows, Daredevil... Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones... Not Iron Fist. Fuck the Iron Fist. Not yeah. a fan of the Iron Fist? It, you want to hear a guy call himself <coughs> Danny Rand, protector of the whatever? I mean, I should be able to tell you what it is because he says it so many it's times. Cool. cool. Yes. Come, come on. So let me ask you one more question in regarding Justice League because I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah. Are they planning on doing anything with the Jared uh, Leto Batman going forward or is that was that a one and done? Well, everything. You mean the Joker? Yeah. Everything is kind of everything is kind of up in the air right now with everything because that Justice League movie did so poorly that they're shaking everything up there again, and who knows what the hell they're going to do now? Yeah, that seems to be the current, the common theme and thread. So I guess that the movie didn't do very well, but it was a good movie. I mean, it was a fine. That's not what I heard, but anyway, um. Wouldn't they be better served to try for some continuity? Well, that's the thing. And I was going to mention that. You, you, you stole my thunder because not only that, but here comes... Now, they're building... They built the Civil Wars going for Marvel. And they did that very well by introducing all the characters way beforehand. Make you care about them, right? Yeah. Learn their backstory. And then go, holy shit, this is going to be great when they're all together, right? Yep. I don't feel like DC did that properly with the Justice League and I think why some people just didn't even bother like okay so Aquaman has a, a pretty big part in Justice League but before this nobody talked about him nobody gave a crap about him that's because he's a gay <laughs> come on <laughs> come on what if you guys want to hear uh, Vic talk about Aquaman somebody when the next time we ask for subjects somebody please suggest Aquaman well but speaking of the gay but then Green Lantern. There's nothing wrong with being a gay. No, no, there's, there's not. not. But Green Lantern isn't in the Justice League movie. There, uh, the Green Lantern core uh, is, okay. in a way, for about a minute, hot minute. Right. <coughs> so they they planted that seed in the Justice League movie. All right. So it's their Easter egg sort of. It, it's an Easter egg, yeah. Okay. Well, my point is, I just, I felt like, I know who Superman is, we've seen enough good and failed Superman movies over the years, we've seen a lot of good Batman movies, but I don't really know enough, or care enough about, I mean, I know who the Justice League is, but I'm just saying, as a, pretending I don't know the Justice League at all, I don't really care about these other characters. Can I just take a minute to shit on Superman? Sure. Oh, man. Superman is literally the worst conceived superhero of all time. Okay. And this is why. Superman is from Krypton, originally. Right. right. 
And when his planet is to be destroyed, his father puts him in an egg and shoots him off to Earth, where upon his arrival, the yellow sun gives him superpowers. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. We're all in agreement at that point? Yeah. No, you're correct. So how come every time this motherfucker gets within five inches of a piece of his original planet, does he almost die? Why wouldn't it just take the powers away? Ah, that's a good question. Well, it does. And then he starts to get sick from it. Because he's <coughs> sick because his normal DNA and makeup isn't built to survive on Earth without those powers? Is that... I, 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 would that be listen, the, what we're thinking? Is that? Listen, I'm not a nerd, okay? I'm not here to have these arguments. I'm a cool guy. So, in summary... In summary... Aquaman's a gay, and Superman is the shits. Oh, man. Topic number four. Aquaman has a wife. <laughs> Named Pete. <laughs> Pete Beard. Pete the Flounder. <laughs> hey, guys. This is AC Riley reminding you to check out the Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast, Deach and Dash. That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and I'm definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. All right. Our last topic uh, is the postpartum show <laughs> that we worked. <laughs> so you did a show that was promoted by postpartum? It was. It was a, uh, I believe it was for muscular dystrophy. He was running a charity show multiple years in his side yard. Okay. In his neighborhood. Sure. And he asked if we would do it. Right. Uh, we were in the area already. We had done a show the day prior. Okay. Um, I've always been a big Postartum fan. I, I like Postartum. Okay. I'm not afraid to put it out there. In fact, a lot of times I like Postartum more than I like Steve Startum. That's fair. Okay. So, I brought it to the boys and we agreed we would do the show. Right. Um, the opener was Jason Masters. I'm struggling like hell to remember who he worked right now. But prior to the... Oh, it was Jake Classic. It was Jake Classic. Okay. And prior to the show starting, Lane was telling us... The gimmick he was going to run for the day, which was essentially a big ripoff of William Regal, where yeah. he was a gentleman and above the people in the crowd. Because I had a polo shirt. Because he had a polo shirt. <laughs> a collared shirt is a sign that <laughs> yes. I'm better than you. A collared shirt, not even a full button-down shirt. So in any event, I listened to him talk about this gimmick he's going to do, and then I promptly stole it. For managing Jason Masters. Okay. 
So I had my left arm behind my back at all times and my right arm extended with my thumb brought to my forefinger to point out what a class gentleman I was. Did you drink any tea? Oh, I was pissed though. I did not have any tea. No. I was backstage and I was pissed. Because he didn't just do the goddamn gimmick. He went, hey, Spade. And then I, he's not managing me on this show. I turn and I look at him and he's at the, at the thing and he puts his arm behind his back and he extends his arm and I go, don't you do it, you son of a bitch. And he goes out. And he, we're like tarped off. The entranceway is tarped off. It's attached to the start of a household. <laughs> I have to push a table over yep. to stand high enough. <laughs> to prairie dog. To prairie dog just to watch you ruin my goddamn life. Yep. And we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, all right? How do we get ahead of ourselves? That's the opening. Well, we started the show. Yeah, that is the opening. But on the way to the show, there's a oh. lot of wrestlers here yes. uh, who listen to us. And yes. by a lot of them, I mean a couple. And Monica. And Monica. Hi, Monica. Uh, who listen to us. And we'd like to introduce them to a new game that they can play in the car Yep. on the way to a show. It's called Getting A.C. Riley Over. <laughs> Okay. I so think, I'm, I'm I think the, I've heard of some of this. Yes, you have. It's a very simple game. Your goal is to think of a gimmick to get AC Riley over. All right. And uh, the only caveat is that AC Riley is deaf. His parents are deaf, aren't they? Oh no, he is deaf. He is deaf. He is deaf. You are correct. Uh, <laughs> Because I had to team with A.C. Riley, and this was before he did the Fallout gimmick or any of, you know. Right. He had not developed really a character. He's gotten much better. But I'm me, so I'm probably in the car and I'm going, what the fuck am I going to do with this guy to get him over today? And so, the way you play the game to get A.C. Riley over is you have to develop a backstory for A.C. Riley. But the backstory is not any backstory. You have to take the plot of any movie you can think of. Yes. And apply it to A.C. Riley, And then make him deaf. Go ahead and give him a, a brief example. Alright. So A.C. Riley is washing dishes in Los Angeles. Trying to be a star. Alright? Right. And letting people see his cock for five dollars. <laughs> It's humongous cock. It's humongous cock for $5. Or to watch him play with it for 10 Okay? Right. He's discovered by uh, an old shady man and put into adult movies uh, where he develops a crippling drug addiction and possibly HIV or AIDS uh, and ha now has to live his life with <laughs> that. Uh, and as a side note, A.C. Riley is also deaf. Right. And... Over the years, the game has developed a bit where, like, in you can play it the way Lane just described it, or you can make it a little more intricate, where, like, say, for example, you're, you're going to plug A.C. Riley into a movie where you're going to describe a number of the characters. So just for the record, like, <coughs> Spade just said how A.C. Riley was discovered by an old gentleman, and then you give that old gentleman a name, like... A.C. Riley was washing dishes in a seedy restaurant where he was discovered by 
Livewire. <laughs> and, and that is basically how the game is played. Uh, we had derivatives of Robocop. Yep, definitely Robocop. Um, million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. What's definitely? <laughs> Spoiler alert, AMC Riley dies at the end of that one. <laughs> Does not get over. Oh, gosh. Uh, we've had them submitted to us by friends. Uh, I believe Derek did the Ghostbusters version. I really yeah. enjoyed that one. Even AC Riley was a disgraced scientist. <laughs> oh, uh, Scott, would you like to take a whack at AC Riley? Oh, I did some already. I don't remember. No, do you want to make one up right um, now? Hmm. Sure. Um, AC Riley is rousted up by the the Third Reich. Oh, man. <laughs> and that haircut fits. And put him into a in, internment camp, where as he lives out some of his life, realizes that he has been marked for death. As he's separated from his family, branded and starved, he is finally set to met, meet his maker in a sad, tragic way. A.C. Riley is also death. <laughs> I love it. I love it. One more. Give me an original one. All right. Um, man, I, I don't know the movie very well, but I feel like the bit will be funny, so here we go. Uh, A.C. Riley goes out to Vegas to pursue his dreams. He ends up getting hired on at a casino as a Vegas showgirl, <laughs> where he is consistently nude for a hundred... An hour and 30 of the hour and 50 minutes of the movie. <laughs> also, A.C. Riley is promiscuous and deaf. There you go. Alright, uh, so that was... We played that game for two and a half hours driving between lacrosse and where Pa Stardom lives. Alright? Okay. And we're all fat and filled with potatoes. And laughing. And laughing. Oh, potato guts. So by the time we get to the show, before the show even starts, we're done. Yeah. We're just there. We're not even, we don't give a shit. It's hot. We're fat. It's hot. We're fat. We've eaten seven pounds of potatoes. Now where do these potatoes come from? Oh, this was our Marges. Marges on rows. <coughs> oh, I'm smashed. Okay, yeah, then you are filled with potatoes. Before we discovered the North Country Steak Buffet, where you don't have to call ahead and get a table. Right. And you can eat anytime you want and have delicious steak at a buffet. We love you, North Country Steak Buffet, and we want to be your official podcast. <sighs> you might want to edit parts of our podcast out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't ever listen to anything but what I pandered to yeah. you. And don't play it in your restaurant. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we would go to uh, Marge's on Rose and order Unk's Mess, which is a ridiculous concoction. Did we talk about it? We did. Unk's Mess is a lot of potatoes. We ate it all. So, bottom line is, we don't give a shit about the show. I'm going to be a gentleman because I have a collared polo shirt. Yep. But uh, I stole it. And... We are going to be the precious metals, goddammit. I love that gimmick. This was your backup. This was your backup plan. We were going to be the precious metals. No, I know you were going to be the... But I stole the gentleman bit. Yeah. You know, the precious metals should take a back seat to nobody. <laughs> well, they didn't have a choice. When you've got... When you've got Platinum Jack Spade, <laughs> yep. the All-American Golden Boy, A.C. Riley, yep. and now Silver Scott Williams... Oh, oh. Hey, well, Silver Fox. That's right. 
You don't need nothing else. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe Tom Sink. Oh, there you go. Or, 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 or we, you could get Bronze Buck Brooks. Oh. Jack Steele's available. Oh. Not really that precious. That's not a precious. <laughs> Steel isn't a precious metal. I won't tell him that. <laughs> but, uh, so there, a couple other things on that show. I can't do my gentleman gimmick, but I'm still going to wear this goddamn polo shirt. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to tuck a towel in it. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna steal promo hand. He did. Okay. He did. And I stole promo hand. Cause you were fucking me. I was fucking you. So you did a promo uh, in your gimmick, and you were a face, right? No, oh, no. Oh, you were heel. Okay. Yeah, we were heels. Uh, we cut, and I cut an AC Riley promo. He did. And I think that was Million Dollar Baby. It's on the internet if you want to see it. It's on YouTube. It's on the Seven Rivers uh, Wrestling site. It's entitled Greatest Wrestling Promo Ever. With right. multiple exclamation points. Because it, it combined two things. It combined an A.C. Riley story. Yep. In which he was deaf. I believe you're right. I believe that was the Million Dollar Baby that you ran. And then it combined another bit I stole from Vic... Yes. In which I told somebody to go out and get into their Honda Elantra. <laughs> back it up. Back it up. Put it in drive. Take a right at the corner. <laughs> and you can just get out. That's right. If you disrespect America, <coughs> you can get out. You can just leave. But I have a feeling <clears throat> that with all the sh wrestling shenanigans and all the Alex Riley stories, that that's not even the highlight. Oh, it's not even close. It's not even close. But we're building to the crescendo. Right. Um, there was a rotating commentary team. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was me. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hansen sat in. Yeah. Formerly Sexy Casey. Um, but Jesse Von Rudin was the constant. The constant. There was a kid... And I'm so fortunate that this happened while I was on commentary, who had been running about all day, shirtless, with camouflage pants on. And as he ran in front of us, he tripped and smacked his face in the dirt. Oh boy. <laughs> At which point I declared, hey, that's G.I. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now... <coughs> The highlight of this show, we weren't even at the show anymore for the actual highlight. Right, we, we left because we had a long drive. So we did our matches, we had had enough, we were going home. I think Jim had to get home or something. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we all wanted to go, but... <coughs> but uh, once we heard what the highlight of the show was, which we will get into, we requested video footage. And was provided by Jesse Von Ruden, a class act. The greatest thing in the world is getting an absolutely terrible show. Uncut. Uncut. With the commentary left in. Because you can hear people go from calling a match and trying to be professional to cutting and then... Just going from there, like, uh, oh my god, that was amazing! Oh, come on back and we'll have another great match for you! Oh, what the fuck was that? Jesus Christ, that sucked! Oh my god! 
<laughs> Who's Tommy Two Tone? What the fuck? <laughs> like, there's just shitting on everything happening. So it was almost like I don't know if you ever witnessed any of this when, um, like, pro sports and back in the eighties and nineties, you could get them off satellite. Okay. And when the commercial would go, sometimes you'd still hear the commentary if they didn't lower their the volume on the board. And you'd hear some interesting things and give and take during that. So this would have been similar to that. Okay. It was. Except <clears throat> nobody's holding back at this point. I don't think Jesse Von Rudin wanted nope. to be there either. Nope. Um, and it, it, it got real. Okay. It really got Apparently, this thing is lost in my house. It is. Right? You gotta find it. It's like we are in Cleveland, but in my house. Okay. Uh, so, we need to find this thing and have a showing. I'm in. No doubt, man. Because no doubt. the main event is the greatest moment in, in Wisconsin wrestling history. Possibly all of independent wrestling. I'm, I, I know you feel like I'm overselling you. Yeah, well, let's hear it. I promise you I'm not. All right? I'm going to get real serious for a minute. The main event is Steve Stardom. Okay. Versus Flip the Switch. Livewire. Oh, no. For the Pa Stardom's Company Heavyweight World Championship. Of the universe. Of the universe. That is, I can't imagine anything more elite. But wait, there's more. Steve Stardom. Yeah. I don't know if he's under the weather. Okay. Uh, actually, I think I vaguely remember at a point earlier in the match, Livewire gives him the old spleener. Oh. Hits him directly in the kidneys or something. And see, I, yeah, he took something either abdominal or around the back, but definitely... Where the vital organs live. Well, I, I have a. <clears throat> it had to be a fluke because there's really nobody more uh, on top of their game and more precise than, than Clint. But anyway. So. Stardom works through the paint, as I'm sure he has a thousand times. Really struggling. Really having a hard time, though, but keeps it going. But these guys have wrestled each other every day for a year. Okay. Right. Every day? Every day. <laughs> Jesus. Doesn't even matter if they have a show. They just, he comes over to Stardom's house and they just, they grapple. Uh, gives him a slam. Boom. Alright? Mm -hmm. Goes out to the apron. Goes up to the top. One foot on the top rope. Looking down on Livewire in the ring. At which point, he proceeds to vomit everything he's eaten. Projectile vomit. <laughs> directly onto Livewire's face. Love awesome. Yes. Awesome. But wait, there's more. The match does not stop. Livewire doesn't know it hasn't stopped. <laughs> right. Steve Stardom comes off the top. With a splash, I believe. Or I thought it was an elbow, maybe an elbow. whatever. He comes off with something. Livewire is <coughs> in his face, like Jack Nicholson in the yeah. 1989 Batman. Yes. Uh, and uh, he doesn't want to be there. And Steve Stardom shoot pins him. Shoot pins him. And, and I swear to God, <coughs> as 
he shoot pinning him? He threw up on his face some more. <laughs> he threw up on his face some more. Like right here. Picture his feet just kicking away and trying to get out of there. <laughs> well, he's getting puked on from six inches away. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Under no circumstance would getting vomited on be pleasant, but it certainly has a little extra, uh, a little extra oomph when it's being projected from Steve Stardom's yes. mouth. But wait, there's more. I don't remember more. This isn't on the video, okay? But the show ended because I was the main. Uh huh. Steve gets taken into the house. Sexy KC, Chris Hansen, yeah. was a trained EMT. Right. He went in to see if he could help Steve. At which point, religious zealot and professional wrestler Travis Lee came in with his Bible. Tasty Travis Lee? No. Okay. Pushes Chris out of the way so he could put hands on Steve and pray for him. Oh my god. <laughs> that kind of thinking is why we got weird sounding Muppets. <laughs> okay? Okay. Alright. Oh my god. That that is definitely indie gold right there. That is the joys of the legendary Pa Stardom show. Can you imagine the smell of that? <laughs> Stomach bile coming oh out of Stardom's face. I know Livewire could because it was pouring directly into his nose. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know how Livewire could have avoided all of this. I do. Go ahead, ask me. How could Livewire have avoided all of this? He could smarten up! Get out of the business! And while he's out of the business, he could take a class in Krav Maga. Krav Maga would have solved all of that for, for definite, uh, definitely sure. By the way, um, Chris Hansen, while he was in there uh, helping Steve Stardom, also heard some rumblings in the kitchen, came on out and said, So, you want to sleep with a 14-year-old, huh? What? Chris Hansen. Oh, that guy. Oh, okay. All right. He busted him out. Why don't you have a seat? So you were going to eat those cookies, huh? Not the same Chris Hansen. Oh, All I'm saying is I have the handbook in rule number 47 of Krav Maga's don't let anybody hold you down and vomit directly in your face. <laughs> yeah, that's... Do you know what number, rule number 48 is? What's that? Ah! <laughs> you need a good war cry. That's what Scott was trying to tell you. <laughs> well, you know what? I think we've, I think we've amply wrapped up our Cleveland trip as well as Got to all four of our topics. Yeah. I found out that Steve Stardom is uh, somebody you don't want puking on you. No, I don't want anyone puking on me, but okay. That's true. Discussed uh, Batman and, and the Joker. Yep. Talked about how to get booked. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what was the first You one? don't even remember Fred Ottman now. Fred Ottman, yeah. See? Wow. Poor Fred Ottman. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that poor bastard. Let me tell you. Fred Ottman's legacy is very much parallel to mine. When I'm gone, nobody's going to remember. Nobody. Oh, ready to bring that show down on us. So next week, I'll be forgotten already. Um, anyway, it was, a, it was a good time. Hopefully we don't hit any snow on the way back. We're damn sure going to avoid tolls. 
Yeah, we gotta wrap this up. We got Cleveland nightlife to attend to. Yeah, we may end up going to Detroit. One of us might end up as RoboCop. I hope it's me. I just hope that uh, that one guy doesn't want to buy us for a dollar. Oh, they did this as a monument for him. <laughs> we know you're in there, Murphy. She know. I work for Dick Jones. Yikes. Dick Jones. By the way, we forgot to mention that a homeless guy washed our windows, and it was the worst window wash yeah. ever. Yeah. So... Um, so if anybody's got any rent money for Spade, he ain't going to make it as a homeless guy. Oh, God. So Jack Spade, Vic Stick Ross, I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. We've made it into double digits. Hopefully we make it home to Milwaukee from Cleveland and get out of here in one piece because there's a lot of people who are circling the wagons to kick our ass because we're in Cleveland. Yep. Um, but I, I feel confident we're going to make it home and we'll get another one of these in the books. Your music. Is, is this what, what? What's happening? I'm not sure. Is this Maru? It's Robocop. Oh, well, we'll leave on that note. Uh, Maru, uh, everybody's welcome to join us. Uh, send us a request, except for you, Maru. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. And one last time, everybody in Cleveland, it's been rough because they've been fucking us! Fucking with us! Good night, everybody.